Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Do you want to save money on fuel? We're excited to announce that we have another giveaway, and this time it comes from Ecofins. Now, Ecofins are a vortex generator that creates a drag reduction system that lowers your fuel consumption. Go to heavydutypartsreport.com to sign up and start saving fuel today. As the technology in heavy-duty trucks continues to advance, parts manufacturers are always innovating and they're trying to provide fleets and operators longer-lasting parts that perform at the highest level possible. We think about trucks all over North America operating in very harsh conditions and a really wide range of different conditions. The suspension system in a heavy-duty truck is one of those foundational systems. You know, Without that working properly, it creates all kinds of problems. So in this episode, we're going to talk specifically about how to choose the correct polyurethane components to keep your suspension working at optimal levels. To educate us on everything polyurethane related, I'd like to introduce you to Walter Schnapp, Business Development Manager for Energy Suspension. Now, they're an expert on heavy-duty and industrial applications. Walter, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Much appreciated. So let me ask you something. Let's get started with a really highly technical question. What's polyurethane? Uh, so polyurethane is a synthetic elastomer. It really was kind of, it was developed back in the 30s in Germany, basically, to take the place of rubber just because that was in short supply. Uh, it has a lot of properties that make it a superior material to rubber for, you know, what we're talking about as far as, you know, vehicle applications and, other, and otherwise. But it's molded differently. It's made of different kind, types of chemicals. Um, it has some properties that make it, like I said, very, uh, very conducive to what we do. And it's pretty excellent as far as for what we're using it for. So what are the real differences in performance characteristics of polyurethane over other materials that people use? Well, from the standpoint of longevity, a polyurethane part is going to last far longer than a rubber part of the same type. For vehicle applications specifically, we polyurethane has a better rebound rate. It keeps its shape better. It's something where the abrasion resistance is far superior to a rubber part. The chemical resistance is a lot better than a rubber part. So, for example, like you know, an on-the-road trucker who's uh, like up in the, on the roads up in Canada, a lot of salt, a lot of other stuff on the roads. That'll tend to break down a rubber part, whereas a polyurethane part won't be affected in the same way. So, for the longevity aspect, that's really a you know a, a big plus. But also because of kind of the nature of the material, like I said, it's also something where you also see increased performance in handling in a lot of instances. 
brand was kind of built on the performance applications that we do like for various different automotive stuff. When you're talking about handling and competition or otherwise, that is something where you kind of really see the value. But in a heavy duty application, you still get those same values with the good handling and then really excellent longevity. It always amazes me how much of the technology that we use in vocational applications kind of starts in the race world. When you push those machines to the limits, you learn things. <laughs> and that seems to be like a real advantage when you then take that knowledge, and you take what you learn and you apply it to work trucks like what we do in heavy duty. It's exactly right, Jamie. Like, you know, as far as with stuff that it needs to last and needs to, you know, be withstanding of the most extreme conditions, you know, and then you figure out what, what that is. And so, like I was saying, yeah, with uh, with energy, I mean, we make parts for automotive, for UTV, for motorcycle, but uh, it all has the kind of the same across the board values as far as what the end user is getting uh, being the performance and longevity. So, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. If you left my town and on a good long day of driving, you would go through at least three different kinds of terrain if you were heading south. So you'd cross over the Rocky Mountains. You know, you start off in the tundra of northern Alberta. You cross the Rocky Mountains. You enter into just a standard northern hemisphere forest. But before long, you've entered a semi-desert area. And then when you get close to Vancouver, you're in an actual rainforest, all in one day's worth of driving. When I think about those conditions from extreme cold to extreme heat, and when you think of how many miles a truck puts on, in the U.S., it's, it's really not any different. You could be in the deserts, and then you could be in the mountains all in the same day. It's got to be important to have the right part, the right bushings, to be able to stand up to that. Absolutely. You know, and like you mentioned, like going through all of those different climbs, I mean, you're having huge temperature changes. You're having, uh, you know, different uh, chemicals that you're encountering on the road. Like I mentioned, salt. I mean, there's other stuff that you'll also encounter that would be degraded to a uh, to a rubber part. So yeah, you know, and having that you know ability to work in all climates, our parts actually work to negative sixty Fahrenheit. We've tested them. That's as low as we've tested them without fit any kinds of and haven't had any issues as far as that goes. So it's something where yeah, the uh, the polyurethane is definitely good as far as the adaptability of different harsh environments. Yeah, that's like the joke, right? My American friend came to visit Northern Canada and he says, what temperature is it? I said, minus 50. And he says, that Fahrenheit or Celsius? And we, say, and we say, it doesn't matter at that temperature. <laughs> <laughs> so how does polyurethane affect cost per mile? So I know it's not like a wear part like brakes specifically. I know that polyurethane costs more, but it does more for you. So talk about cost per mile, talk about lowering Instead of maybe cost per mile, we're actually talking about total cost of ownership. Right. Well, Jamie, like, yeah, as you said, you're correct. A polyurethane part will be more expensive. Our parts are all made here at our facility that I'm at right now. Um, the material is pure polyurethane. We don't use additives and fillers like other manufacturers sometimes do. So we're really, really concerned about longevity and quality. With something like a, like a bushing, a wearing bushing on a truck suspension, with a rubber part that you're going to re be replacing at a much more frequent interval than a polyurethane part, labor and cost of labor and other part itself, that will definitely be higher with a rubber part. Because if, say, for example, if you go half a million miles with a rubber part and you have to have your truck, you know, suspension torn apart and replaced, had you gone with a, a polyurethane part, you wouldn't even be thinking about it at that point. It would still be working and functioning as it's supposed to. 
I mean, with our parts, they're all greasable. So sometimes when, uh, you know, thing after so many miles, you know, we say every, we say every three or four years, you re-grease them. But as far as the part, it'll retain serviceability almost indefinitely. So if you're okay with, with the increased cost at that point where you replace it, where you have to replace it anyway, why not go with a polyurethane part? Because you're not going to have to think about it again. Whereas a rubber part, you certainly will. Yeah. I think that's so important for people to really understand is that yes, the purchase price is higher. So yes, it's going to cost you more today to buy that part. But the minute we start talking about labor at a hundred, hundred and twenty-five dollars an hour, whatever the shop is charging, hundred and forty, hundred and fifty dollars an hour, to be able to look at that cost, you just can't lose going with a higher quality product. And this is your vocation. I mean, as far as the the, the truck goes, uh, you know, keeping it on the road and uptime is everything in heavy duty. Uh, you know, it's lost business when your truck is in the facility getting replaced. So with a polyurethane part, it's it's something where you're not going to have to worry about it as frequently. So the value is is definitely, a, you know, much greater than doing a rubber part. I've been here for about two years. I haven't yet to hear of any kind of failures as far as heavy-duty parts that are being used in current operations. So we're very proud of the longevity of our parts. So save money in the long run, definitely using a poly part. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Walter from Energy Suspension. Now, Walter, as a repair technician, what signs indicate that a bushing may need to be replaced? What should we be looking out for? Well, you know, uh, bushings are much akin to like cartilage in your body to use that kind of analogy. So it's something like, uh, you know, if you're seeing excessive movement in the suspension, if it's something shaking, also if you're noticing handling issues, sometimes you can actually see the rubber bushing itself or if it's a poly bushing, you know, sometimes you can see the actual uh, part starting to degrade. With rubber parts, that's typically what you'll see is, you know, it'll start to get cracks. You'll start to see that it's quite dry. But any excessive movement, any kind of play in the suspension, anything like that would probably be indicating that it's ready to to get replaced. As you talk about that, it makes me think of many times when I was a salesman for selling heavy-duty parts, the mechanics would be very, very frustrated at times with the drivers because the drivers didn't communicate that they had noticed something was changing in the way the truck was performing. So drivers, you know your truck, you know what it should feel like. And if it doesn't feel right, let somebody know, have them check it out because you might be able to save a, a catastrophic failure then. Right. And, you know, and oftentimes, like, you know, like I was saying, going back to the body analogy, when you have an issue with one of your, with a joint or something or something where the bushing is failing, you'll start to have increased wear on the, on the other parts on your, you know, your equalizer beams or what, you know, what have you. It's much cheaper to replace a bushing than replacing a huge metal component and labor and all the other stuff that goes along with that. Okay, so our drivers have listened, they've communicated with our repair technicians, our repair technicians have diagnosed the problem correctly, they come into the parts store, and they lay down a a worn out bushing that's rubber that has failed sooner than it should have, and they need to replace it. What does the parts person need to know? How does a parts person communicate with the customer to really get the value of buying polyurethane? With energy suspensions parts, we have an extensive crossover knowledge of all of that. So if the customer is aware of what the part, you know, came out of and everything, you know, we can identify that and be able to tell them exactly what part they need. You mean like, okay, I know it's a Hendrickson suspension and that's going to lead me to, and I know, you know, I'm working on, like you say, a beam or something or a drag link or something like that, whatever the part is. If you know the part and you know the suspension, you'll be able to cross-reference it. 
Yes, that's correct. And, you know, some instances we get weird part numbers, but we have a really uh, great team here. We can usually figure out what it is fairly quickly. We really pride ourselves on good customer service. So if it's something where we're, you know, having, you know, drawn a blank on something, we have a lot of experience to draw on that we can usually figure it out. That's usually the easy part is identifying what needs to go in there. But then the, the next step is for the parts person to make that value a proposition as far as to the, uh, to the driver or whomever it is. That you shouldn't replace it with an OEM rubber part or you know a, a competing rubber part, just because you're going to be back there again much more quickly than with the uh, polyurethane part. Right. So it's time for an upgrade. It's going to last longer. It's going to cost you less in the long run, less downtime. You should go with this part. So really, parts people should be offering the polyurethane first. And if the customer absolutely demands that they want the rubber part, well, that's fine. That's their prerogative. But they should really lead with polyurethane then. If they care about longevity and the customer being, you know, ultimately satisfied and having a good, you know, healthy suspension, then yes, polyurethane all the way. One thing about energy suspension parts, and this is something that comes up sometimes, is that a lot of customers would rather have a black part that looks like a rubber part, just because, you know, for, you know, if you have, say, like a truck where you're just concerned about aesthetics, we make red and black parts. So with everything, as far as we make, it looks, if you want it to look like a rubber part, just get a black part. You can't tell the difference apart from the performance. And is there just like a prefix or a suffix or difference in part number to indicate that? It will be our part number. And then at the end, it'll have a G for black color. It's because we used to put graphite in our material. We don't do that anymore, but it's the G for black, the R for red. And then we also make private label parts for various different manufacturers, and we do other special private label colors, and they get crazy with the greens and pinks and all that stuff. Yeah, you see those at the at the car shows, <laughs> or the truck shows, I mean. So polyurethane's not only used for suspension, but it's also used in other places. Can you give us another example? Yeah, a great example is, say, this uh, Kenworth motor mount here. This is one that we were quite proud of. So with this, it's a, uh, this would fit on a, an older T600 and some of the other Kenworth applications. One great thing about polyurethane or energy suspension specifically, because we're not the only ones making polyurethane, our parts do not come bonded, which is something that really also improves longevity. So you see here, there's actually no bonding there. It's all just a, you know, uh, just fitted via the through bolts and the other uh, parts in the chassis. For those that are listening in and not watching on YouTube, He's showing us the motor mount, and he was actually able to just use his finger to pull the polyurethane part of the mount away from the bracket. So that, that's what he meant when he says it's not bonded. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, that's correct. So there's really, you know, in some in part, part failure, a frequent thing is the elastomer actually separating from the metal. That can't happen with any of our parts. So yeah, the longevity, like I keep saying, is going to be far superior to other manufacturer. So if there's one thing you'd like to leave people who are listening or watching today, what's that one thing? Well, you know, we at Energy Suspension, uh, we make everything at our, like I said, at our facility in California. We are been in business since uh, 1983. We are not as well known in the heavy duty industry as well as the automotive side. Like I mentioned, all of our car parts and UTV and all the other stuff, but we've got a lot to offer as far as on the heavy duty side. So uh, anybody who's looking for help on that uh, should definitely give us a reach out and see what we can do for them. You've been listening to the heavy duty parts report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. And today we've been speaking with Walter Schnapp, business development manager at Energy Suspension. To learn more, go to energysuspensionxd.com. Links are in the show notes. Walter, thank you for being on HDPR today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jamie.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and... Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.